0: Would you go please to Matthew, the 16th chapter. We began a new series last Sunday that I want to continue in today called The Keys of the Kingdom, The Keys of the Kingdom, in Matthew 16 and verse 13. It said, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now it's good to keep in mind through the rest of this passage what this question that he asked them. Who do people say I am? Jesus said. And verse 14. They said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say Elijah, and others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets, and uh, that was all wrong. (laughs) Those were not correct answers. A lot of people say a lot of things. Doesn't make it right. And verse uh, 15, he said to them, but whom say you? That I am. It's not okay to be vague and general and non committal. We live in the information age where intellectualism is heralded, where education of the mind is heralded as the, the top thing. And knowledge, I mean, most any news thing that you would hear, you're going to hear about data, 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 as being the preemptive thing over everything. But knowledge is only as good as its source. Knowledge of what? And from where? And so he said, whom do men say that I am? And they gave these different answers. And so, but he he shuts that off and says, yeah, but who do you say I am? And that's something that every human being will have to deal with at some point. Who do you say that Jesus is? And if you say, well, I don't, you know, some people think he's this and Some people, does that sound familiar? Some people, that's what we just got through reading. Some people think he's that. I don't know. Well, that's not good enough, enough. because you will be held accountable. How many have ever heard the idea that choosing not to make a decision is a decision? Huh? So you're saying you you obviously don't believe he's the Son of God your only hope of salvation or you wouldn't be so noncommittal about it. Right? So he says pointedly, who do you say that I am? I am so glad I got that question answered some time ago. Church, who do you say that he is? Well, we know that Peter, Peter, he made a lot of mistakes and that some of them are recorded for us and everything. But man, here's one thing he got right. I mean, the boy got this right. When he said, who do you say that I am? Look at the next verse. Simon Peter answered. He said, not I think. Not we've been talking about it. Not we've, there's a consensus that you could be. What did he say? You are, you are. You are. the Christ. The son of the living God. What do you say? I'm talking to you. Huh? I'm talking to you through the camera. What What do you say? I don't know. You better get it figured out quick. Time's passing. Your life will soon be over. You're going to soon be out of here. Who is he? Well, I I don't know. You you need to find out. You better get it settled. I'm so glad. I got it settled. Long time ago. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, say it with me. He is the Christ, the Son. Of the living God. Say it another time. He is. The Christ. The son. Of the living God. Woo. The one and only. The one and only. Christ Messiah. Savior of the world. King of kings. Lord of lords. Soon to return. There is no other. Never will be another. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said to him. Simon you are blessed. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You didn't get this from any living person. But my father. Which is in heaven. Revealed this to you. He got a word of knowledge. He got a revelation by the Spirit of God. That's why he said it the way he did. When Jesus said, who do you say that I am? I mean, Peter didn't hesitate. He just says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. It just came out of him. Why? Because when you know, you're bold. You're bold because you know, because you're sure. He was confident of what he said and Jesus said you didn't get that from anywhere on earth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This came to you from off planet. (laughs) Yeah. This came to you from the Father who's in heaven. This came to you from outside the earth. Wow. Keep reading. And I say to you that you are Peter, which means a stone or a rock. And upon this rock, which is a different word, a different word, you are a rock, a stone, a portable piece of stone. But upon this massive cliff face, mountain range is what this other word means. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me read this to you from the Weiss translation. He said, moreover, as for myself, I'm also saying to you, you are rock, a detached fragment of rock, but upon this massive rock, a rocky peak, a massive rock, I will build my church, and the councils of the unseen world shall not overpower it. The gates of hell, the authorities and powers of the kingdom of darkness will not prevent it, will not stop it, and certainly not prevail over it. His church that he's building. What is the rock that the church is built upon? He is the Christ. Christ. Oh, come on, can you see it? Yes. He didn't divert and go into talking about something else. That's the foundation. He is the foundation. Jesus, not Peter. Not Peter. Jesus is the foundation of the church. He is the Christ. He is the massive bedrock foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Peter is a, uh, he is a stone that's involved in part of the foundational work that all of the apostles and prophets are, and we're still working on this building. You and I are also a living stone in this, but the whole thing is built on the massive foundation of the Christ. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's this revelation of him That everything is built on. I know I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it because the enemy is always trying through his subtle ways to get you diverted into some side thing instead of the main thing. Get you away from the main thing. Which is Jesus. Keep reading. He said, on this rock I'll build my church. What's the next verse here? He said, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And so this is connected to the revelation that he is the Christ, the Son of God. It's connected to the foundation that the church is built on. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Does that sound important to you? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Why? Because you have the keys. And whatever you shall loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want to read some different translations of of this 19th verse. The NIV, the reader's version says, What you lock on earth will be locked in heaven. What you unlock on earth will be unlocked in heaven. Well, that's what keys do. The New English says whatever you release will be released. Whatever you bind will be bound. The New Living says whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I like the today's English version says a similar thing, but it says whatever you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted on heaven. Prohibited, permitted, bound, loosed. You could say forbidden and allowed. This is connected, this is part of, this is the result I should say, of using the keys of the kingdom. Can we do this? Do we have authority? Authority to bind. Authority to loose. Authority to prohibit. Authority to permit. Listen to the New Century Version. The New Century Version, NCV says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The things you don't allow on earth will be the things that God does not allow. And the things you allow on earth, will be the things that God allows. Could this be the answer to the question, why does God allow so many bad things? Is everybody listening? Could this be the answer? Why? Why? Are so many terrible things allowed on this planet? Did he say he would allow what we allow? Then is it us allowing things that we haven't realized we could have done something about? Is this worthy of meditation? Now see, just this, the hesitancy of answering that question would mean you're not in a position to exercise authority. If you think, well, I I, I don't know if that's the case or not. Well, then you're not in a position to exercise authority. You're not sure whether you have the authority or not. So you're not going to act on it boldly, which means it's not going to happen. And I am believing that we get some things settled. We need to get this. Do we have authority or not? What can we do? Have we been given? has the church been given the keys of the kingdom? the keys have always represented authority and control. in those days, particularly it was keys similar today to doors and gates. If you had The key, if you were given the keys to the doors and to the gates, that means you have authority to lock and unlock it, to open and close, and you then have control of that access. And you know, today, you see like sometimes they they built, somebody built somebody a house because they were in need, and then they had a presentation, and they throw them the keys. It's on the keys and go, here, it's yours. What do the keys represent? Well, then once they have been given the keys, they do not need to call those people next week and say, I need to get in the house. Mm, right. Y'all with me? They don't need to call the builders and say, I need somebody to open the door. Well, didn't we give you the keys? Yeah, but I, I thought you had the authority. No, you you've been given the keys means. You've been given the authority. Have we been given some authority? Yes, sir. How far does it go? What does it cover? What can we do? Is it important? Should we find out? Yes, Should we get after this and, and think about it and meditate on it yes. until we, we start operating yes. in the full measure of the authority that we've been given? Yes. Would you all believe with me on this? And, you know, maybe even pray in between Sundays about it. And pray for me and pray for Phyllis and pray for us and pray about the services and pray about the revelation. And how many believe this could be life-changing? Life-changing. That instead of God allowing some things in our life because we're allowing it, that we start putting a stop to some things the enemy's doing and allowing, you know, more of God's power manifested in our life. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Meditate on these verses. Not just today, but this evening and tomorrow and the next day. Meditate on these verses. I mean, just in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon, just... Just look up and go, I've been given the keys of the kingdom. Whatever I bind will be bound. Whatever I loose will be loosed. True or not? Yes. I, I know much of the church world doesn't believe this at all. And even people that have heard it are like, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. <laughs> but that hesitancy means you're not persuaded. And means you, you know, when have you been acting on it? So, say it out loud in a prayer Father God, Father God. Open, our eyes. open our eyes. Show us what we have not seen, have not seen and, seen. and not, understood we not understood about the keys of the kingdom, about, the, the, kingdom. about the, authority the authority that you have given the church, and what you have already told us. Remind us of it. Show us how to put it into practice. How to live by it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 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 Go with me, if you would, over to the book of uh, Luke, I believe it is. Man, there's so much here. I got to go in last night and got too many pages. Luke 11, would you go there? But you're believing with me, right? And one of the great things about having our own church is uh, uh, Lord Terry's is coming. We can come back next time, right? And We can keep going. We can have a 103-part series if we want to. Is that right? And, and if that's what it took for us to really find out what the keys of the kingdom are about, it'd be well worth every moment is that right spent on it? In Luke 11 and 52, Luke 11:52, Jesus is reproving the uh, the scribes and doctors of the law. Now, when he says lawyers, he, he's not just talking about what we call a lawyer but those who are considered experts in the law, the law given by Moses. So these are are religious people. Woe unto you lawyers. Again, a lawyer would be what we, we would call somebody who had one or more doctorates of divinity. These are individuals that have spent a lot of time in higher education on the subject of sacred writings, the law and the prophets. They're considered experts on the law. And he is reproving them. He said, woe to you, lawyers, you have taken away the key of knowledge. Now we've been given the keys of the kingdom. How does it connect to this? Here is a key. The key of knowledge. You didn't enter yourselves and them that were entering in, you hindered. The BBE, the basic says, you did not go in yourselves and you got in the way of those who were going in. Knowledge. Remember the passage? How did it start out? Jesus says, who do people say I am? And then he says, who do you say I am? And then Peter says, by revelation, knowledge. Can you see this? And Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Well, reveal what? Knowledge. Peter knew something by the Spirit that he didn't find out naturally. And that's what Jesus said. He's building his church on this revelation of the knowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And so the keys of the kingdom are connected to the key of knowledge. What does that mean? Well, first of all, if you don't know that Jesus is the Christ, you're certainly not going to operate in any binding and loosing. And if you don't know that you have been washed by the blood and made clean and made holy and worthy to handle the name and walk in the authority, condemnation will keep you from doing anything. And if you don't know that there are keys of the kingdom, and if you don't know that they've been given to you, and you don't know that you've been given the name of Jesus. Can you see? There's a lot of knowing here. Yes. There needs to be some knowing. Yes. And he said, the uh, the the scribes, the religious experts, through all of their studies and actually mishandling of the word. Remember, Jesus also said to them, he said, "You've made the word of God of none effect by your traditions." Uh, that traditions have replaced the Word of God. And so what that does in effect is keep people from getting the knowledge. The knowledge of who Jesus is. And then the knowledge of who they are in Him. And what they have in Him. Go with me to Ephesians please, the first chapter. Ephesians 1. Oh, this is big. You will know the truth. Something happens. When you know it, and and the word know is not just a matter of logging some information. The word know includes experiential knowledge. The word means to experience something and know it. So, in Ephesians, the first chapter and second chapter are so rich. Have you read this before? Yes, three people <laughs> man, we gotta <laughs> church we gotta come up I mean <laughs> I'm gonna know that everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapters every day. Monday through Friday, and you read anything in addition to that that you want, but that's our minimum. Now, if for some reason you you fell off the wagon, go pick up a, a you know the reading card and, and start with us tomorrow and read your chapter. It, it is vitally important. I don't ask you to do a lot of things as a congregation, but you know as your pastor, I, I'm telling you. You need to feed your spirit on a regular basis. This is for you. Right? And if you say, well, I'm too busy for it. Well, y- your priorities are wrong. You don't know how important this is. And, and, and if you think, well, I, I've read that before. Well, you, you really don't understand some things. If you're thinking like that. I mean, that's like saying, I ate potatoes one time. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you need to keep eating and feeding your spirit. So uh, if, if you're... Interested in what we're talking about, about the keys of the kingdom and getting a hold of these things, let me encourage you to read these chapters in Ephesians repeatedly, and I think you'll see why in just a moment. In Ephesians 1, verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in in the heavenlies in Christ. How many? How much? All. All. Reckon that would include all authority that we need. Every spiritual thing that we need. Every every one of these is rich and good. But skip down to verse 15. He said, "I After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And then he writes down part of the prayer that he has prayed for them. And it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is a Spirit-inspired New Testament, New Covenant prayer. And it is perfect for you to pray this over yourself. Perfect. If you've never done it, do it. Start doing it. When you think about it, pray it. And it's it's easier if you get to know it where you don't have to look it up and the Lord prompts you and you can just pray it. It just takes a few seconds to speak it over yourself again. And he said, I cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. Keep going. What, What did he pray for? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? In the knowledge of him, the knowledge of God and of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowledge of the Father and of Jesus the Christ, the knowledge of him. Said out loud, revelation, revelation. In, the in the knowledge of him. What's the church built on? It's built on Him. Him. We'll keep reading. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. He goes on to pray the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Do we need this? Why? Well, you're not going to receive salvation you don't even know about. Right? Yeah. You're not going to walk in authority as a believer. you don't even know about. It. You heard uh, wasn't that a great testimony about the woman healed from cancer and recovered from cancer? And, and she said that uh, she'd always thought, you know that maybe it wasn't always God's will for her to be healed, and she found out differently. Did it change her life? Yes. It effect- that's knowledge of him knowledge of him who took her infirmities and bore her sicknesses and carried her pains and by his stripes, she is healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we is healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But until she found out about that, she has no faith to receive a healing. Can you tell there was a transformation in her life just from those few Sentences that Phyllis read, you could hear. There was a transformation. She went from not knowing, not being sure, to being confident. Yes. Yes. Being confident that not only is she going to live, but she's going to live cancer-free. Yes. Yes. And, there's, and she's, that's where she is today. That's miraculous. Yes. But you cannot be wavering, wondering, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. Can you see? That's what Jesus asked them. He's pointing out. He wants them to see this. And he wants them to get past this. He says, who do people say I am? Well, you know, some say this. Some say that. And some say some, say some other. Well, you you're nowhere. You're not going to see any results when you're in that state of mind. And he says, well, okay. That's what they say. What do you say? Have you made up your mind? What do you say? Who do you say I am? And oh man, Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. (laughs) And I'm going to paraphrase. Jesus said, that's it. That's what I'm building my church on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not this wavering, wondering, guessing, ambiguity. No, no, no. It's knowing. Knowing who he is, what he is. And the amazing thing is when you find out who he is, you just found out who you are. Because you're in him. And he's in you. (laughs) It's sad. I've even heard about Christian people that quit everything and launched out into a strange place, you know, because they needed time away and apart to figure out who they are and to find themselves. This has happened too many times. Some version of this. Well, I've got to, you know, I've got to find out who I am. I've I've just, I, my life's been mixed up in my spouse's life and my kid's life and, 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 uh, and my job and my profession and I don't even know who I am, you're about to get more messed up than you've ever been. I'm telling you. You, you can go on your little self-awareness expedition and you will be more confused when you get back. I'm telling you. You're not going to have this epiphany of who I am and get it all settled because without Christ, you're nobody. Anything you discover is going to be very discouraging because in yourself, you're not enough. If you could be, you wouldn't need a Savior. If you could be all that by yourself and of yourself, Jesus didn't have to come for you. But it's not true. None of us are enough without him. Oh, but with him. Hallelujah. I said with him. Yes, we can do all things. all things. We can be everything we need to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it's only in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say out loud. I am. I am complete Complete. in Him. him. And that's the only way. There is no other way you are complete. There is no other way you are enough. I am complete in Him. So in order to find out who I am I got to find out who He is. In order to find out what I have I've got to find out what he has. It's true. In order to find out what I can do. Isn't that what we've been talking about? What can I do? Do we have authority or not? What, what can, in order to find out what I can do, what have I got to find out? I got to find out what he can do. Because my righteousness is his righteousness. Is that right? My life is his life. The anointing I have is his anointing. The authority I have is his authority. Right? The name is his name. I am one spirit with him. I'm joined with him. You can't tell where he starts and I start and he ends. We're one. I said we're one. Amen did I make that up or did the Bible say he that's joined unto the Lord is one spirit it's a scripture if you didn't know it I, I don't need to to focus on me I don't need to try to find out who I am I need to find out who he is because I'm in him and everything I'm finding out about him I'm finding out about myself come on keep reading that's what the spirit of God, is leading him to pray over them. That the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that you may know, no, that's that key of knowledge, that you may know what the hope of his calling is, and that you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, that's what we have. Our inheritance is what we have inherited in Christ. That's what we have gotten through his redemptive work. Keep keep going to the next verse. And, in other words, and that you may know, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Oh, here's here's some words. His power what? To us word who believe, oh friend, there's all kind of church going people, they believe Jesus has authority. They believe he has the keys to death and and hell and, and he has all authority in heaven and earth, like he said. But they don't believe they have any. They believe it's all up to him. He's got it. Well then, it's not real to them that they are one with him. And he is the head, and we are the body. And what they're saying is, well, the head has authority, but not the chest, not the arms, not the legs. Well, what are you saying? Let's read it again. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? Who did Jesus come for? For himself? No. He didn't need to pay for any of his own sins. So so he could get free. No. No. It's not him that needed to get free. So he could get some authority over the devil. No. So he could get free from the dominion of darkness. Did Jesus come so he could get free from the dominion of darkness? So he could get free from sin? No. So he could get a healing? No. So he could get his needs met? No. Everything he did, he did for us. Is it true or not? We're the ones that needed it, not him. So everything he got, he didn't just get it for himself. He got it for us. I said he got it for us. And what's he saying here? That's what he's he's praying. Lord, open their eyes so they can see what the Lord has done for them. So they can see what the Lord has given to them. So they can see what has been accomplished in the mighty power that was manifested. And all of this is to us to usward and for us that believe according to the working of his mighty power. Keep reading. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. He set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, actually in his throne. That is the highest Place, the highest seat of authority, not just on earth, in the universe. Jesus took our sins, He took the curse, He took the judgment, He yielded to death, He was judged in our place, He died in our place, even went to the heart of the earth, the scripture said, but He was raised from the dead triumphant over everything, free from sin, and now he has been raised to the highest place and seated at the right hand of majesty on high, King of kings, Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, he set him him at his own right hand hand. in the heavenly places. Now keep keep reading, keep reading. Verse 21. Far above, Far above all principality and power. Now that's the word for uh, authority. All principality and all authority and might. That's the word we'd call power. And dominion. Are we talking about the keys to the kingdom? Yes, keys of the kingdom. Yes, Are we talking about binding and loosing? Yes. Are we talking about authority? Yes. Well here is authority. How many believe the right hand of the throne of God is far above every other authority? Amen. Is that right? Yes. Every kind of ruler of any kind, anywhere, you can't go any higher. I said you cannot go. Oh, I'm about to preach myself happy. You, you can't go any higher than the throne of God. Than the right hand of the throne of God. You can't go any higher than that. And that's why it says. Not just above. But what? Far above. Far above. All principality. Authority. And power. And dominion. And every name that is named. Not only in this world. But also in that which is to come. This is now. And this is forever. Forever throughout the endless ages to come, principalities, authorities, powers, dominions, this is all that which is ruling and governing in different places. But Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has has been raised triumphant over it all and been given a name that is above Every name in authority and power. Verse 22. And has put all things under his head. Has put all things under himself. Well, that would be true, but only if you include the neck, the chest, the shoulders, the arms... The back, the stomach, the hips, the legs, the knees, the feet, the toes, the heels. Have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Who's the church? On this massive rock foundation, I'm building my church. What what massive foundation? He is the Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the son of the living God. He is the risen Savior. He is the resurrected one who has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He is the one who's been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Who did he get it for? Who did he get it for? Yes. Has put all things under his feet. That's the bottom of the body. And gave him to be the head over all things. To the church, keep reading, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Are you in the body? Yes. Are you in the church? Yes. Then what he has, you have. Yes. I said, "What he has, we have. Yes, Is it true or not?" Yes. Well, he has a name that's above every name. Amen. He has authority that's above every authority. Is that right? Yes. Does Jesus have authority? Yes. yes. But you have none. You don't have any. Keep reading. Keep reading. This flows. This wasn't written in chapter and verse. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Keep going. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is one of those principalities that he just referred to. This is an authority, an evil authority, a dark prince. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. That's why there is so much defiance and rebellion in the earth. is because the the prince of darkness, the God of this world, is in control for the most part. And not God. Not our Father. Now the church, oh man, they'll about fall off their chair when you say that. They're adamant. God is in control. But Look at all the stuff that's going on. you really going to attribute all the cruelty, all the pain, all the death and destruction to your good father God? This is his will? It's not what the Bible says. It's not true. And he said all of us in time past, we were under the control of this prince of the power of the air. And we were yielding to disobedience and rebellion and defiance. Verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time and space. He includes himself. I said, Paul includes himself. We all live like that, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as the others. But God. Amen. Woo! Aren't you glad that wasn't the end of the story? Amen. But God. But God. Who is rich. Is he a rich God? And one of the things he's rich in is mercy. mercy. Rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Thank God because it wasn't because we were acting so nice. Even when we were dead in sins. He has quickened us together with Christ. Oh now church. I want you to notice this phrase, say it out loud, together Together with Christ. Christ. Come on, say it again, together Together with with Christ. He joined us and took our sins and took our place and was judged in our place. And so he didn't do it for any sin he committed. He didn't do it for himself. But having paid the price and divine justice being satisfied after the three days and nights, he was raised from the dead free from our sin. Because it had been paid for. He paid for it. And was judged for it in our place together with us in our Judgment. He didn't commit the sin, but he took it. And he took the punishment for it. But when he was raised from the dead, then those that would believe on him were quickened with him. Somebody say, I've been quickened. I've been, quickened. I've been made alive, been made alive. With, Christ. with Christ. He goes on to say, by grace you are saved. Keep reading. Keep reading. And, and, and. And have been raised up together. Amen. Oh, somebody say, when he, was quickened, when he was, quickened. was quickened, I was quickened. When he was raised, he was raised, I, was raised I was raised together, together, together. with him. With him. It, is it is written. I want you to notice this next phrase. And. Amen. And made us to sit together. Most of the church doesn't believe this. Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where is he sitting? The highest seat of authority in the universe. I said the highest seat of authority in the far above all principality. All authorities, all powers, all dominions, far above. And what did he say? I give you the keys. Whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You could not do this if you didn't have the authority. He said, Go into all the world. Proclaim the good news. And these signs will follow them that believe. One of them was in my name. They'll cast out spirits. They'll cast out demons. How can you do that and you don't have any authority? How could you do that? You must have authority. Well, how'd you get this authority? You didn't work it up yourself. How'd you get it? You didn't earn it. You didn't produce it. How how, How can you have it? It's his. I said it's his. It's the master's authority. Why? He's the head. I'm part of the body. The body has a right to the name. This is just as much Keith as this is. You can't say, well, that's Keith, but not this. No, this is Keith. Is that right? This is Keith. If the head has authority, the hand has authority. If the head is triumphant, the foot is triumphant. Yes. That's right. If the head has total authority over all unclean spirits and every disease and every evil thing, then the smallest patch of skin on the bottom of the little toe also has authority. Is that right? Over every unclean spirit and over every disease, over all the works of the enemy. And the reason why we haven't seen, we've seen some of it, but the reason why we haven't seen more is because most of the church is totally ignorant of this, totally ignorant of it, and some that have heard it are still not convinced. They nod a head to it and go, amen, and they made a note, but the reason you can tell they're not convinced, because if you're convinced, you're going to start doing some things. You're going to start using this authority on Monday morning. You're going to start binding some things. You're going to start loosening some things. You're going to start forbidding some things. You don't have to see or hear or have discerning of spirits to know that the enemy's at work. If something is wrong and something is evil and something's trying to steal, kill and destroy, you stop right there and you say, I command you in the name of Jesus, you stop you stop in your operations, you cease in all your maneuvers, I bind you. And bind, one description of bind is to be chained up with chains. You shut them down. But if you think, well, I, I don't know, well, you're in no position to do it. Can you see, as long as you're still questioning and and you, you don't know if you're authorized or not, you don't know if you have a right to do it or not, then the enemy's got you in this limbo He said, what do men say? Well, some say this, some say that, you know, brother so-and-so. You know, brother Keith preached a message on it and it sounded okay, but I I don't know. Well, then you're not going to walk in any authority. Not going to walk in any victory. We have to become fully convinced, fully persuaded. It's either true or it's not. It's either right or it's not. Come on, you look at these verses again. Look at these verses. Is it true? Is it true that you and I have been quickened? Quickened. Have you been born again? That means you've been made alive. You were dead in trespasses and sins. But now because of your faith in him and receiving him, how many understand you had to make up your mind about who he was? And quit playing games with it. And you had to come sincerely and bow your heart and knee and say, I'm in need of a Savior. And Jesus, I receive you and I confess you as Lord of my life. And if you really did that, you were born again. And you've been quickened together. Amen. Say out loud. I've been quickened together. I've been, I've been, made, alive I've been made alive. Together. together. With, him. with him. With him. What else? Read the next part. Quickened together and, and I've been raised together with him and I've been made to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, the anointed one. Everything he did, he did for us. His victories are our victories. His triumph over the powers of darkness is our triumph over the powers of darkness. The authority he gained, he gained for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Elsewise, he would have stayed. But before he left, Matthew 28, well as Mark 16, he said all authority in heaven and earth Has been given to me. This is after he's been raised from the dead. All authority. How many believe that? I mean, it'd be hard to find a real church going person that didn't believe that. Jesus said, after he was raised from the dead, right before he ascended in front of them, not long before that, he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus said it. And the very next verse, he said, very next phrase, he said, So you go. Amen. Huh? You got the authority. So I go. <laughs> what? You go. In all the world. And you proclaim this gospel. To every living creature. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And these signs will follow you. Yes. Did he delegate. The authority he gained. To the church. Did he? Yes. He's the head of. Of the church. Amen. He's the head of the body. Well, I'm in the body. I'm in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that authority is mine. mine. The keys of the kingdom, the authority and power to bind and loose the right to forbid and allow belongs to the church. And the more convinced of it you are, you're going to quit being passive and you're gonna quit just letting stuff slide and letting stuff go. And you're gonna quit just begging all the time. And you're gonna quit wondering about things, and you're gonna you're gonna become a real problem for the enemy in your neighborhood. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I, I can I can just sense I can sense I, I can I can sense demons cussing. So irate and so mad because they had this thing planned and I just shut them down. I just shut them down. They were were just about to implement a thing and the Lord quickened me about it. And I said, no, no, you don't. No, I command you to stop. And I can almost hear them screaming, "Go, no, no, no. I command you. You got no choice. Stop in your operations and cease. I bind you. And just like that, they're chained up. They they can't do it. They can't move. They can't facilitate it. They can't implement it. Now, that's not the end. Tomorrow's a new day. And they're always trying to do stuff. Always trying to hurt you. Always trying to interfere with you. Always trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But instead of just saying, well, you know, whatever's to be, will be. You know? We don't understand why all these things happen. Well, yeah, there's a lot we don't understand. But when you do understand, the enemy's at work. Shut him down! <laughs> Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.